Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, Changing Seasons, Jesus Changes, presented by Pastor Floyd Sola on July 30th, 2017. Well, I want to start this morning with a question, and I think it really is probably the most important question that we could ask ourselves in this lifetime. And it's just simply this, who do I think Jesus is? See, for many in this world, when they hear the name Jesus, they think of a great man, a good scholar, a guy that just did some really fun things and really good things for people. You know, he's, a, he's part of our history books, and, and he just did some really good stuff for many. And for others, when they hear the name of Jesus, they think about a Savior, a Messiah, God in flesh, God revealed to mankind. See, many of us have a different idea or a different perception of who Jesus is. And that's why I think that it's, it's an important question that every individual in this world today, believer and unbeliever, should answer. Because who we think Jesus is will make the difference of how we live our lives. See, if we think that, that Jesus was just another good man, then we'll live our lives a certain way in reflection to that. If we think that Jesus was the Messiah, the Christ, the anointed one, see, Jesus will change us. He'll help us to understand and become something completely different. The author C.S. Lewis, in his book, Mere Christianity, states this. I want you to listen to this quote. He says this. He says, I am trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him. I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher at all. He would either be a lunatic on the level with the man who says he is a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. C.S. Lewis goes on to say, you must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. Who do you think Jesus is? Who would you say, if you were asked the question this morning, who is Jesus, what would your response be? Good man? Lunatic? Or savior of the world? I want you to hear what Jesus says about himself in the scriptures. It's in your notes there. John 10, 30, he says, I and the Father are one. Then in John 8, 58, Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And then in Revelation 1, 17 and 18, he says, Fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died and behold, I am alive forevermore. I have the keys of death and Hades. 
And then in the Gospel of John, he gives us the great I am statements. He says, I am the bread of life, the light of the world, the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I am the true vine. See, there is no question here that Jesus is claiming something very specific. In his words, in his actions, he is helping you and I to understand exactly who he is. And not just who he is, but why he came. See, Jesus Christ is of one true essence of of God. He is God. He is the the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I heard a pastor this last week as I was listening to a sermon, and uh, he said this. He says, you know, I want to tell you and share with you the aspect of the Trinity, the triune God. But honestly, words can't describe. Honestly, I ask my own self the question of what is this and how do I explain it and how do I even understand it? See, it's a, it's a very complex thing for our human mind, but what we can understand is that Jesus Christ was not just merely a man. See, he was God revealed in flesh. And he claimed to be God. He made statements that helped other people see around him just who he truly was. And for you and I, we have to ask ourselves the question, who do we see Jesus as? Who do we think he is? See, because when we go out into the world and we talk about having a faith in Jesus Christ, having a life that we've given over to the Savior, the very name of Jesus is going to offend people. See, in our culture today, when you use the name Jesus, it's offensive. And those that aren't offended are the ones that usually say, oh yeah, he was just a great prophet. He had some really good things to say. But if you tell them the truth of who he was and who he is, that's when they become offended because they know if they acknowledge Jesus Christ is God, that means that they have to bow down before him. That means they have to turn their worship from the world to Jesus. See, and what's interesting in the Christian faith is that we do the same thing. There's moments as we we are sitting and listening or as we're reading and praying that Jesus speaks to us and he tells us just who he is and he asks us to do some very specific things and yet we get offended. Yet we get bothered by the aspect of giving up or letting go or turning to. And I'm not sure why we do that. Maybe it's just because we're human. Maybe it's because we're selfish. Maybe it's because... We're foolish. I want you to turn your Bibles over to the Gospel of Matthew real quick. Matthew chapter 16. And I want to read this, these couple of verses here, starting in verse 24. Listen to what Jesus tells his disciples. Matthew chapter 16, verses 24 and 25. He says this, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And then in verse 26, this is where we get offended. He says, For what will profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? 
or what shall a man give in return for his soul? See, that's where the struggle is, is that we don't want to give up the things that we love for Jesus. So what we do is we minimize him to just merely a man. We put him in a box and we put him on a shelf and then we take him down when we need him. When things get tough, when things get hard. But when life is good, we just kind of put him back up on the shelf and treat him as if he was just merely a man. A friend that we call on occasion, that we see here and there and everywhere whenever we go somewhere. But the truth of the matter is that Jesus never claimed that. The truth of the matter is that you and I, we have to move towards discovering who exactly Jesus is and what he said and why he said what he did. And the biggest thing and the toughest thing that we have to understand in all of this is simply that we have to die to ourselves. We have to surrender who we are for who Jesus wants us to be. And that's why I tell you this morning, Jesus will change us. Jesus changes us. See, because he moves us towards the throne of grace. He moves us towards a relationship with God the Creator. And he helps us to understand our purpose, just like he understood his purpose in coming and doing something so great and so wonderful that we are still in awe of it today, and we will be until the end of time. See, people will be offended at the name of Jesus. People will be offended by the things that Jesus says. I want you to listen to the response that Jesus got as he was preaching and talking to the people, the Jews, in John uh, chapter 10, verse 33. This is what the Jews said to him. It said, it is not for a good work that we are going to stone you. It's not because you are a good man, but it is because of this that you being a man make yourself God. See, these guys, they, they understood what Jesus was saying in all of this. When he says, I am the bread of life, when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, when he says all of these things about himself, these people understood and they got it. And they were offended by it. And they said, we don't want to kill you because of the good that you've done. But we want to kill you because of who you say you are. See, sadly enough, I think in our world today, we do that a lot. We, we push Jesus aside because of who he truly is. And we don't want that. We don't pick up a stone in today's times and want to throw it at him. But in our disobedience, in our unfaithfulness, we in essence do that because that's what's in our heart. And so this morning, as we look at these passages in Hebrews chapter 1, my hope is this, my prayer is this, is that together as the church, together as brothers and sisters in Christ, is that we would really truly see Jesus for who he is. And not only would we see him as who he is, but we would live because of who he is. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you so much for today. Father, right now in this moment, Lord, I ask that you would speak. I ask that you would just fill us with your spirit and that you would show us and reveal to us who you are, Father. 
and what you've done through your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, I I don't have the words, but I know you do, Father. And I pray that, that you would speak this morning in a way that would bring us to a place that we could claim nothing else but that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is God. Father, help us to understand, help us to know, and help us to trust this morning as we open up your word. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you would, let's read Hebrews chapter 1. And these first four verses just say a ton of stuff, and we could probably talk all morning about it, but I want to just kind of take out a couple of things that we can have as takeaways this morning as we read this passage here in Hebrews. Are you guys all with me? You guys ready? All right, Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. It says, Long ago at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by a son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. And he upholds the universe by the word of his power. And after making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. What we hear and what we see here is the superiority of Christ. How God has elevated Christ. The things that Jesus has done. And we see here also is that God is speaking through Jesus Christ. God uses his son to speak to you and I. See, if you note in verse 2, he says, In these last days he has spoken to us by his son. And he did this because he appointed him the heir of all things through whom also he created the world. See, if we go back to Genesis chapter 1, we see that, that the word was there, the word was with God, Jesus And the word created. See, we see throughout the Old Testament where where the prophets, Isaiah and many others, are pointing to the coming Savior, the God that would save us and redeem us and restore us. And then we see here God speaking through Jesus, a reminder for you and I that the voice of God is here in Jesus. Jesus. Everything that Jesus says, everything that Jesus does is God revealing to us, helping us to see, helping us to understand the things that he desires for us. And he uses Jesus, his son, the Messiah, the anointed one. See, all the things that you hear Jesus say are a reflection of who God is and what he is doing. I I don't know about you guys, but the Bible that I choose to read is a red-letter Bible. And I, every time I come to the places in the Gospels where, where it's red-lettered and it's highlighted, I even put it in your notes as an example, these are the words of God. These, this is Jesus speaking to you and I. It's Him helping us understand the things that God desires for us and wants for us. And I'll tell you right now this morning, Jesus is better than E.F. Hutton. You old people will get that one. The young ones are probably like, Ephon, what the heck? Who's Ephon? Does he go to our church? He doesn't, don't worry. But when you see Jesus' words, when you see those red letters, I would encourage you and challenge you to stop and pause. 
reflect and listen to what Jesus has to say. See, when Jesus speaks, he's speaking the words of God. Listen to what it says in the Gospel of Luke. As Jesus quotes the Old Testament prophet Isaiah. In Luke 4, verses 18 and 19, it's going to be up on your screen there too. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. And he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. And to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Again, God spoke through Jesus. God speaks through him. He's helping us to understand his purpose. Listen to what Jesus says here. He came to proclaim the good news, to proclaim liberty, to free us from the oppression of sin. See, all of this good news that Jesus is proclaiming is everything that God wants for you and I. Everything that he desires for us as followers of Jesus Christ. See, we see here God speaking to us. It's the voice of the living God. And I think, I think we should pay close attention. What do you think? I think about that. God is speaking to you and I. Last week we looked at Hebrews where we're because of Jesus, Hebrews chapter 10, where because of Jesus, we get to go confidently into the presence of God. And as we go into the presence of God, God wants to speak to us. He wants to talk to us. He wants to have a dialogue with you and I. And I, I think we should listen. I think we should pay attention. And not only should we listen and pay attention, but we should live a life that God has called us to. We should live in obedience. See, because this message, these words, they are coming from a God that loves you. He created you. He formed you. He shaped you. And we should stand up and we should listen. I love what it says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. It says this. He says, He was foreknown before the foundations of the world but was made manifest in the last times for the sake of you. I like that word. Underline and circle that word. For you. See, Jesus came for you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory. And he did this so that you would have faith and hope. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Isn't that amazing to think that, that God did all of this for you? For me? See, he sent his son Jesus Christ to die on a cross. He sent him with a purpose and a mission and a plan. And he sent him with a hope that you would follow him. That you would surrender your life. That you would die to yourself. And that you would listen to how he is speaking through his son, Jesus Christ. I want to ask you this morning, are you hopeful? And if you are, what, what do you hope for? What do you put your faith in? The Bible tells us, teaches us that where our treasure is, there our hearts will also be, right? 
tells us in, in the Gospels that, that Jesus' words are that, that the abundance of our heart, our words will flow from our mouth. So whatever's in our hearts will flow from our mouths. What are you hopeful for? See, God came and he did this for us. He revealed himself. See, the second thing we see here in this passage is that God revealed himself through Jesus Christ. And, he, and he's offering us a hope. He's offering us a faith. Because I tell you what, every person in this room has faith. How many of you guys went to bed last night knowing you were going to get up this morning? Probably dreading it, maybe. <laughs> but we go to bed and, and we kind of have a faith that we're going to get up in the morning. You know, we get up in the morning and we kind of have a faith that our coffee pot's going to work, right? <laughs> At least we're hopeful. See, we all have faith, but the question is, where do we put that faith? In verse 3, he says this. He says, He is the radiance of the glory of God. He is the exact imprint of His nature, and He upholds the universe by the word of His power. After making purification for sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. I tell you what, if we're going to put our faith in anything, that, that says it right there. That's where we should put our faith. If he is the exact imprint of God, we should put our faith in Jesus Christ. If, if he sits at the right hand of the Father, we should put our faith in Jesus Christ. If he upholds the universe by the power of his word, where do we put our faith? In Jesus Christ. See, what it describes here for us is something that we can only describe with one word. And it's Jesus. See, because you and I, we, we don't have the words to describe Jesus ourselves. He is the radiance, the glory of something so wonderful, something so amazing, something beyond our own comprehension. But we can describe God by simply saying, He is Jesus. He is the Christ. He is the anointed one. It's the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a wonderful thing that you and I have been given. See, the evidence is clear. The Jesus that we speak, speak about is the revelation of God. It's God being revealed to us. Jesus says it himself. He says, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. If you know me, then you know the Father. Because my sheep, they recognize me. They understand me. They know me. And they know the Father because they know me. See, as believers, we have to answer that question. We have to understand who is this God? Who is this Jesus? And how will we describe him? See, just like Jesus said through the gospel of John. He says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I am the true vine. See, Jesus is making a claim here that either puts him in two categories. He truly is who he says he is, or he's a crazy man. See, that's a decision that you have to make for yourself. 
That's a question that each and every person, believer and unbeliever, they have to answer that question. And it's probably the most critical question that you and I will ever answer in this lifetime. Because I'll tell you what this morning, how you respond, how you answer that question will make the difference between heaven and hell. See, there's one thing that we know that's fact. What the Bible teaches us, what the truth of God's word teaches us is that we will all live eternally. God doesn't send people to hell. People send people to hell. Who you think Jesus is will make the difference between heaven and hell. See, he is the alpha, the omega, and he holds what? The keys to what? Heaven and hell. So he is the one that God is pointing to to help us understand all of this. Who do you say Jesus is? I want you to watch this quick video of who we should say Jesus is. The Bible says, my king is the king of the Jews. He's the king of Israel. He's the king of righteousness. He's the king of the ages. He's the king of heaven. He's the king of glory. He's the king of kings. And he's the Lord of lords. That's my king. I, I wonder, do you know him? <laughs> my king is a sovereign king. No means of measure can define his limitless love. He's enduringly strong. He's entirely sincere. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. Do you know him? He's the greatest phenomenon that has ever crossed the horizon of this world. He's God's son. He's a sinner's savior. He's the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled. He's unprecedented. He is the loftiest idea in literature. He's the highest personality in philosophy. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology. He's the only one qualified to be an all sufficient savior. I wonder if you know him today. He supplies strength for the weak. He's available for the tempted and the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He strengthens and sustains. He guards and he guides. He heals the sick. He cleans the lepers. He forgives sinners. He discharges debtors. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate. He regards the age. He rewards the diligent. And he purifies the meek. I wonder if you know him. He's a key to knowledge. He's a wellspring of wisdom. He's a doorway of deliverance. He's a pathway of peace. He's a roadway of righteousness. He's a highway of holiness. He's a gateway of glory. Do you know him? Well, his life is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough. His grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. And his yoke is easy. And his burden is right. Well, you can't get 
I want to I close this morning just asking you, do you know that king? I want to ask you to respond this morning. Because you may have known Jesus, and you mo- may have known the name of Jesus, but you didn't completely understand who Jesus is. And in just a few moments, we're going we're gonna to come together as a church, and we're going we're gonna to have communion together. And I want you to truly understand why we do this and what, what we are doing here this morning. As we, as we take these elements, they are symbols. Symbols of a Savior that died on a cross, that shed His blood for you. He gave His life so that you could have life. The bread, the cracker, it's a symbol of a body that was broken, a body that was broken for you, for me so that we can have life. See, when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he literally means he is the only way to God. Jesus Christ is the only truth that's out there that we'll ever discover. And Jesus Christ is the only life that we should seek after. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes? And I want to read this last passage. And it comes out of 2 Corinthians. And I just want you to listen to the words as I say them. It says, But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. Our eyes are opened. And now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. See, God offers you freedom this morning. And we all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. This morning, I want to ask you to respond. I want you to to believe in who Jesus truly is. He is the Messiah. He is the Son of God. He is our Lord, our God, and our King. But you, you have to acknowledge Him as that. You have to believe in your heart of hearts that He is the Savior. He is your Savior. Before you come this morning, I'm going to pray here in just a second with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, and I'm going to ask you to come forward here in just a moment. I want you to make a decision this morning. I want to ask you to to make a decision. Are you going to believe in the Jesus of the Bible? Or are you going to believe in the Jesus that you think is just a good man? I want to challenge you to believe in the Jesus of the Bible. And if you, if you don't know him yet, if you don't understand it yet, don't stop here. Go on this journey. Find someone to, to talk with and to hang out with that you could talk about who this Jesus is. And I promise you, as you make that decision, as you seek after him, just like that passage that I just read, as you turn to him, he will open your eyes and help you to discover just who he truly is. Father, this morning as we bow our hearts to you, Father, as we continue in our worship, as we give to you, as we offer you ourselves, 
Father, I pray that you would open our eyes, that you would tear down that veil. Whatever is blinding us, whatever is holding us, whatever is keeping us from seeing the truth of who you are. Father, I pray that by the power of your spirit that you would just tear that down. Father, you sent your son for us. You sent your son so that we could have freedom, so that we could have hope, so that we can have faith. And Father, so that we can know how much you love us. Father, I pray for every heart that's here this morning. I pray that as they discover the things that you have for them, that you will draw them closer to you. That we would just come to understand truly who you are in our lives and the things that you have for us, the things that you desire for us. And just like you use Jesus to proclaim the good news, I believe that you desire for us that follow to proclaim that same good news. So, Father, we thank you for this morning. We thank you that we get to worship. And, Father, as we receive this, as we take these elements, as we have communion together, Father, we do it in remembrance of just what you did, the sacrifice that you gave us through your Son, Jesus Christ, the death on the cross, but not only the death, Father, but the resurrected life, so that we know that we have life eternal. Just like Jesus, we will be resurrected into the presence of of our loving Father. Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your grace. Lord, I need your love and I need your grace. Lord, we love you and we praise you and we do it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ committed to live by faith to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.